Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Babarak, sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Das Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie. Welcome to Building Texas, where we sit down with the most interesting people who are making an impact. Bernie is growing, so is Texas, and that's a fact. My name is Justin McKenzie, host of Building Texas, where we will get to know the builders, creators, and entrepreneurs serving Bernie and Kendall County. This week, I'm thrilled to introduce Miles Murray into the studio with us today. He's the CEO of Local, and I'm thrilled to have Summer in the room, helping co-host and have the conversation. And, and it'll be fun because both Summer and Miles are a big part of our ecosystem here in Kendall County, and it'll be a fun balance between their conversations. Glad to be back. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Well, Miles, thanks for coming in, and let's get to know you a little bit. Who are you? Where are you from? And I love your background. We've had a lot of conversations on these topics, so jump right in. Well, you know, I'm proud to say that I'm a you know a seventh generation Texan. We can trace our family back to a lot of generations and settled in the Hill Country about 100 years ago. My, my parents and my grandparents were public servants, either serving in the government and either the postal service, the military, or an education system. So I feel like, you know, the, the idea of building Texas is sort of core to my identity and my background because my whole family has been helping build what we call home for a long time. And when you say the Hill Country, more specifically, you're from the Kerrville area originally. Right. I'm originally born and raised in Kerrville, uh, just up the road from Bernie. And, you know, I, I love where we come from. I love the culture we came from. Graduated in 2003 from high school and had an opportunity to go to West Point. And that's when I started to, you know, really kind of uh, see the world outside of the hill country. And, and it helped me not only appreciate where I came from, but also helped me realize all the things that are out there that I'd like to do that I wasn't exposed to. So an opportunity to, to bring some of those things that I've learned in my career and my time away and bringing it back home is it's, it's a dream come true. Well, we got to know each other because our kids go to school together and we were at a birthday party, as I recall, and got to talking about angel investing, what your company local is doing. And, and I got to share kind of the work that we're doing here in Kendall County. And that's how we connected, which I, I love because it really was a birthday party at Dog and Pony Show on a Saturday afternoon. It I was. suspect it was hot, too. Yeah, it was. Well, it's Texas, and it's summertime, so it's always been hot. But, yeah, you know, the genesis of local coming to Bernie is, you know, it was University of Texas Austin entrepreneurial program where we developed technology concept to really understand the, the natural life cycle of organic waste. And, you know, we built some technology around it. And it was interesting getting to know you, Justin, that whenever we finally were just, we, we've got to the point where it's time to raise money. I mean, it was literally like the day before we had decided it's time to raise money. And I'm going to a birthday party with a family that, you know, a group of families that I barely knew. And it was just in the happenstance conversation that I mentioned it. And then Justin, you're telling me about the Burning Kendall County Angel Network, uh, what we're trying to do with the incubator and really bringing innovation and investment around innovation to the Hill Country. And I just thought to myself, well, this is an opportunity for us to form a partnership, a partnership that is almost three years running at this point. And... You know, we've taken several investments in from Bernie Kendall County Angel Network, and uh, we very much appreciate that. It has helped springboard us into larger investments, and we've kept it home. We are now members of DOS Greenhouse and, you know, really trying to anchor technology 
you know, especially a hardware technology aspect of what we do as a core, you know, emerging industry within burning. Miles, can you talk a little bit about the the base technology? You you mentioned that it was a UT Austin technology or entrepreneurship program. Is this something that you invented? Did you license it from there? Can you help me understand right. that? It was just a program that sort of taught us a little bit about the business side. We are the innovators. We're the original designers and engineers of a technology that we have named the Rainmaker System. And it is a combination of some existing known science around, you know, sort of waste management in a way that you use thermal decomposition where you heat things up in order to separate natural gas and carbon and other effects. Uh, We do it in a way, though, that is revolutionary in the sense that we have extremely low emissions, near zero emissions in the process, and that we do a full life cycle recovery of almost all materials. Our goal is to have less than 5% of all materials that go through our system to be uh, non-usable or ash. Now, to describe it for everybody else is to say it is a modular relocatable recycling system that will take massive amounts of waste and convert it into clean energy, near pure carbon capture, as well as bioliquids and fertilizers and all of these are balanced in a way that they can become co-products such as fertilizers, fuels, and energy sources. You're listening to Burning Radio. This is Building Texas. My name is Justin McKenzie. Summer Babarek is here with me as well. And we're talking to Miles Murray and getting to know Local. And Local is a company that is here in Kendall County now and is really focused on clean energy. You used a couple words in that discussion that I want to talk about with balanced for agricultural use. I assume that's a chemical balance that allows it to integrate with other products. Is that what you're? Yes. So, you know, we've had just, we've just had one of the hottest, uh, if not the hottest months on record. And that puts a lot of strain on the agricultural community because of water usage. And as well as, you know, the amount of chemicals and the amount of, you know, Uh, energy that's used to pump water and to grow our food. So one of the aspects and core focuses of what our technology achieves is the ability to take the same material that farmers are using and to, instead of it becoming a burn pile or something they have to throw away, we turn it into fertilizers. We turn it into soil conditioners. This one of those key products is called biochar, and it is effectively charcoal that is derived out of organic materials. And so when infusing this into soil and to not only do you help balance nitrogen, you also help balance the pH levels and you provide more carbon into the soil so that it becomes a healthier soil. And healthier soils retain water. They require less maintenance and less chemicals. So after several seasons in application, you end up cutting your water bill by over 50% and your chemical usage is down to a third. That helps the pricing and the health of the industry. And that's so important here in our local areas. As you all know, we're in a drought, um, and that's not uncommon uh, for this particular area. And I think that that's something that's been a concern of the community for a long time is water usage and how new entities that are coming into our particular ecosystem and communities in the Hill Country especially, how their water consumption might affect us during times of drought and water restrictions. Um, So it's really, really interesting, I think, to hear a company who has a long-term plan. Because, of course, we've all dealt with the short-term plans of, oh, you can only water between the hours of 6 a.m. and 6.05 a.m., 
on days that end in S. Like, you know, it's it's very limiting. And so, you know, we're used to those short-term, you know, restrictions that have short-term positive impact. But over the long term, it takes a solution like what you're talking about to truly make an impact and change the way we use water. Right. You know, there's, as an environmental engineer, I often look at the science of what's happening around us. You know, the core of our technology is environmentally focused, but it's also tries to play in an understanding of the way that, you know, we make decisions as a society and as a community. You know, do we limit water? Do we limit access to water? Do we are we going to limit access to other things in order to conserve? And those are good practices. But at the end of the day, in a world that's heating up, in a population that's growing, there is an inevitable greater demand for energy, greater demand for water, greater demand for all things. So we need to be adaptive and we need to understand what are the better practices that we can employ that needs less natural resource consumption in order to support what's happening around us in order to support that population, and in order to support that growth. So we're not anti-growth. We're pro-conserving natural resources to the point where they are sustainable because we need to create a symbiotic and harmonious relationship with the natural world. Obviously, we're talking about a microcosm here, but what sort of impact do you hope that local has on a larger scale? Is this something that you see being uh, having global impact, or how do you see that scaling? We recently published a blog on our website on www.local.com, and we committed to achieving a system that can draw down 30 million tons of carbon annually uh, by the end of the decade. And the way that we accomplish that is by having our technology, which is modular and it's small package envelope, but it can be placed globally. And we built the software to where we can communicate with all of our systems. We developed the methods and training to work with local operators that says, don't burn your pile of wood. You know, don't burn your, don't throw away your truckloads and truckloads of organic waste that's coming out of the agricultural fields or coming out of food waste. You say, redirect it to us. Let us give back to the society around us the things that all societies need. Fresh food, cleaner water, access to more free energy uh, or cleaner energy. And, and that is not something that is just in this microcosm. Thank you for joining us today on Building Texas. You're listening to Bernie Radio 103.9. My name is Justin McKenzie. I'm here with Summer Babarek, and we're talking to the CEO, Miles Murray, of Low Coal. That's L-O-C-O-A-L, because coal is in charcoal. And then you have an approach towards local, so you had a fun play on your name to get there. After the break, we're going to learn more about Miles, how he got into this industry, and where he's taking it into the future. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. Welcome back to Building Texas. We're here with Miles Murray. We're learning more and more about Low Coal, which is a company, a startup company located here in Kendall County and more specifically at Das Greenhouse. We're thrilled to have you as a tenant at Das Greenhouse and really an anchor tenant 
around the entrepreneurial ecosystem of our region, you have an expanding reach with what you've put together at local. Uh, you and, and the team have all been forward facing on some big stages. I'd love to hear about where you're taking the technology and where are you making Texas visible as you go on your startup journey? It's been one of those journeys that sometimes it feels smaller than it is. And sometimes we sit back and we're like, wow, we, we did that. That's us. The reach really, you know, anchors around a common message that we see as like a global call to action. And that is we need to find more transparent and cleaner and, you know, better ways to manage our supplies and our resources. It's not just through software. We're talking about the real physical impact of how we produce goods and services and how we recycle those or, you know, frankly, fail to recycle those in many ways. We had a chance to, you know, become visible through the Capital Factory in Austin where we've, you know, given a number of, uh, you know, uh, sort of public speeches, if you will, about the need for sustainable innovation. That's opened up the door for us to, compete uh, globally. Uh, We're one of the global finalists for the Clean Energy Award uh, out of MIT back in 2020. We are the winner of the Wells Fargo Green Energy Challenge a year later. The Air Force has provided uh, contracting and program office support that's put us in front of the Department of Energy, uh, the U.S. Forestry Service, and a number of DOD uh, outlets. And it kind of culminated with a, you know, a, a visit, a visit with um, uh, Her Majesty Maxima of uh, the Netherlands, where we presented what a, you know, a, a global sort of solution that can be backed by state sponsorship and the global, you know, financing markets to support these types of, you know, transformational and conversion technologies, more sustainable, and they stand on the loan economically. That message that we carry continues to, it still anchors down to the local impact that the people in their own communities, you know, if they knew about what we're capable of doing and understood the benefits around it, would support it. They would support it with tax dollars. They would support it with private industry investment. And so the continuous pursuit of achieving our, you know, sort of our public benefit goals as well as our, you know, our private equity capital goals has been, you know, sort of that the duality, duality of the message. And that seems to resonate quite a bit with a lot of because they want to see economic impact, want to see environmental impact. Do you find that on those larger scales, on the global scales, I'm, I'm curious because I've, I've had kind of some of these experiences, not quite to the same scale you have, but um, do you find that people are surprised that clean energy, green energy, sustainable energy is coming out of Texas versus one of the states that has a, you know, more profound reputation around that sort of energy. You know, there is, there is a little bit of teasing that I uh, am building a clean energy company in the heart of gas and oil. And uh, there's always a curiosity around it. What I would say is, though, that some of the best innovations and the best focus of sustainable practices has come out of the gas and oil industry. You know, here in Texas, you know, we built such massive infrastructure in wind technology, as well as, you know, the different ways that we've derived energy. And there's been credible effort by the scientific community to create clean energy. And, and I think most of the applied sciences that happen in real life, in real time, are happening here in Texas that generates 21% of the country's energy. 
Thank you for joining us today on Bernie Radio. You're listening to Building Texas with Summer Babarak and Justin McKenzie as we talk to Miles Murray, the CEO of Local, a company headquartered here in Bernie, Texas, and having a global impact in the innovative energy market. Miles, I want to jump back to the story on how you got there. Grew up in Kerrville, went to West Point, then somehow ended up at UT, but I think there's a gap in between there, so... Yeah, so I would say that the real genesis and the passion behind what I do, there's a very distinct moment. I can remember who was around me, and it was when I poured out my last five gallons of diesel fuel when I was in an outpost in Iraq to burn trash while I was shutting down my generators and my communication systems. Because you didn't have diesel? We ran out of fuel, and logistics was a problem. And the decentralized aspect of the lack of autonomy really compromised uh, many of the operations that we had out there. I, I don't see myself as a combat veteran as much as I was a sustainability sort of problem solver just to keep my outposts, uh, my partnerships uh, working. My time in Iraq taught me that no matter where you are at the local level, you must invest into your own infrastructure. You must have access to reliable power. We were dealing with rolling brownouts and blackouts with the community around us the entire time. We had hospitals that could not operate because they would lose power. We had water systems that were entirely laced full of all kinds of toxics, biologicals and chemicals uh, that were not being properly filtered. While I was there, I, I really just, the genesis of understanding that human and tribal conflict uh, and the power struggle between nations really did center and was, you know, around natural resources, around infrastructure, around global commerce. But the impact was felt at the local level. We had to build a moat to manage our own waterways. We had to burn our trash in order for it to not attract a lot of wildlife and disease. It was a struggle just to maintain a, an acceptable standard of living. And I just, I see those patterns reverberating globally. You know, as a former combat officer and veteran, as well as a scientist and an entrepreneur, I see no limitation to where we can apply these, this principle, and that is have a sustainable, circular, and resilient local community. You said something that just really hit me there when you were talking about being, didn't see yourself so much as a combat veteran as much as you did just a problem solver. You know, I, I think one of the things that strikes me, for me, it's life science, and for you, it's environmental sciences, but being a Texan and having the unique experience of growing up in this community, we learn grit and problem solving from a very young age, that common sense component to everything about growing up here. And I think from my personal experience, it exponentially improves my ability to have impact with formal education in in whatever vein it is, right? Do you feel the same way? You know, my grandfather uh, taught me how to blow up beaver dams to keep the water from the upper place and the lower place balanced every couple of seasons. We had to take head count of the number of white-tailed deer so that we knew when the proper culling cycle needed to come. Otherwise, we were going to have an overpopulation. Every time we would, you know, harvest our trees uh, at our tree farm, you know, there was a real dedicated look at whether or not this tree was, was ready in its life cycle. Was it soon to be prone to disease? Was it, you know, were we taking too much water from the table below us to not allow for full growth? 
it's been ingrained in my life as a part of this culture here in central Texas to always take care of the, the environment around you, you know, don't mess with Texas. And, and so I, to me, culture drives a lot. It's my, it's, it's, it's what I, you know, when you go to bed at night, it's the things that you sort of reflect against. And what I love about where we're at here in building Texas is that those same values that I grew up with that are still here in, you know, Bernie and still here in the Hill country. These are the values that I I love exporting because you would be alarmed at the number of people that literally have zero exposure to what applied, you know, environmental conservation truly looks like. It's interesting growing up here and being surrounded by people like yourselves, ranch community, um, equine community, et cetera. There's a, there's a curiosity that I think carries over and looking at both of you as CEOs in, in the sciences, help me understand where in miles, I'm going to go to you on this question with curiosity. You, you explained a problem in Iraq and you explained that you solve that problem daily. And that's what you felt your role was there when you came back. And if I'm off the timeline, let me know. But when you came back, I, I think you went to UT in the Macomb school. Did that curiosity carry and really generate into this idea or how did you and, and PD come together around the idea of the rainmaker and, and really turn it into a shipping container that creates natural gas, charcoal, and, and really solves some of these local infrastructure problems you're talking right. about. So, so PD, my co-founder was, he, he's the original founder of a, you know, the concept of taking, you know, he started off at Birdall Pecan Farm over, you know, not too far outside of Austin. And he worked with Birdalls and he said, look, you're throwing away a lot of pecan wood. Let me turn this into lump charcoal and sell it to the restaurant industry. And he was doing that and he was doing that for years. And he came to University of Texas and I met him there and he said, look, I don't know how to scale this concept. What I saw was that he was, he was completing a cycle of a problem that I had seen before. And that is, what do you do with all this material waste that still has, you know, value? And, and some people you know, they don't see the value in it, but I see the butanic value, the caloric value. I see the amount of carbon, the fixed carbon that's in this type of thing, the amount of volatile organic chemicals that can be derived. Like I looked at it that, so I use my environmental sort of engineering mind to say, well, there's, there's something here. My experience in the military, especially when I was, you know, uh, building up for our overseas, you know, deployment. And while I was there was really understanding how systems of systems work together. You know, it's, it's, you don't just have a tank that does stuff. You have to have a whole logistics line for fuel, for ammunition, for a unit that's deployed, they have to have their own logistics. And then while you're on site, you have to be able to manage those. So really my, you know, my contribution in the genesis of local was taking what I knew from applied science, the passion I had about, you know, uh, preserving the natural world around me. And then the experience of connecting, you know, industry or industrial grade systems together and managing and operating them that I saw sort of the solution that PD was trying to achieve, but you know, where he was at the, the, the kind of the ground up, you know, how do I do it with my own two hands? I thought to myself, what would bring a world together to drive towards sustainability? And that is, well, you got to build something that's better than the system that I have today. Thank you for joining us today on Building Texas. As we wrap up, I, I want to ask Miles a final question really around 
how does the community get involved in the work that you're doing and become more aware of the work that you're doing? Well, I will say that, you know, the, the number one way to learn about what we're doing is to go to our YouTube channel. We, we post relatively frequently there and we have a blog site. I think the other thing too is to, you know, sort of embrace the idea that the word sustainability is a really broad one. But if I were to replace that with, you know, responsible natural resource management, which is not as cool of a word, it's harder to market. That's really what we're talking about. And it's not just about the environment. It's about, you know, what is the quality of life that we're creating sort of holistically? Do we have a sustainable way of being sustainable? And so to get involved with us, you know, watch what we do. Go to our website, www.local.com. That's L-O-C-O-A-L. And also start to pay attention to what solutions that are out there and how those solutions fall short on some of the things that we hold dear, which is preserving future generations' ability to break up of those beaver dams, to continue to have those white whitetail headcount, and to be able to grow crops you know, uh, consistently for our communities so that we have you know, accessible and affordable food. Miles, it's been a pleasure. I want to say thank you for your service. And thank you for everything you're doing here locally and leading the community uh, from a sustainability standpoint and then being a force within the entrepreneurial startup community here in Kendall County. Thank you for your time today. It was great to get to know you. Happy to be here. Thank you. This is Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. You're listening to Building Texas. Have a great day. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio.